KYW News Radio Original Podcasts. This is KYW News Radio In Depth. I'm Matt Leon. There was some fascinating research recently released by the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation about how parents overall feel optimistic about the future for their children, but they also have concerns about barriers long in place in American society, think things like systemic racism that could hinder the opportunities their children have. Wanted to talk more about this, so caught up with Jennifer Nandu. She is the Managing Director of Program at the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation. Give a listen. So let's kind of start talking kind of like broad strokes here. What was the goal of the survey? What were you guys hoping, wanting to find? The survey was really critically important to the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation. Just to give you some context on who we are, we are a foundation that works to improve the health and well-being of of each and every person who lives in the United States. Um, And we focus on children and and families as a cornerstone of what makes us a society. And we want us to hear from parents and their wisdom, because in order to advance the well-being, we really need to learn from those who are living day to day. So we focused on learning from the experiences first in depth through in-depth interviews and, and focus group with parents but ultimately reached out to 2,000 parents across the country from diverse groups to hear what they were sort of hopeful about, challenged with, and what they felt like they really needed to help support the health and well-being of their families and their children. So what what were the overarching findings? It seems like people, despite a lot of things, are still relatively positive about the the world for their kids in the future? They are. And, um, you know, what I will say is it's a lot of things and parents are deeply hopeful and optimistic about their children's future. They believe that there is potential to achieve what is, is sometimes known as the American dream. But I also want to point out that they're also very clear-eyed about the fact that there are real challenges, and so that those challenges are um, often deeply structural. And I'd I'd point out that while all parents felt like discrimination, both at the individual level and at the structural level, could be a barrier to success for some children in the United States. So they actually saw that as a formidable barrier to opportunity. So. There were many different things that came up also about how parents who are striving to do what's best for their children and in particular during the pandemic are really relying on a lot of creativity and resourcefulness to get the things that they need. So that was anything um, from hearing heartbreaking stories about really looking around their living rooms and, and selling off things to provide for their children. But at the end of the day, really seeing seeing hope that their children's lives would be better than the ways in which they grew up. When it comes to concerns, and you kind of alluded to this, I mean, I would imagine structural racism has to be kind of right at the top at what won't allow perhaps their children to get the opportunities they deserve. Yeah, and it was across all racial and ethnic groups, but I want to be clear about what that means. So, you know, in the majority of all racial and ethnic groups, they said 
both individual and structural discrimination could be a potential inhibiting factor for their, their children's well-being or for others. So in many ways, whether you were a white person or a black mom or dad, you actually saw that someone's child might have an unequal opportunity compared to yours because of what the, where they lived or what they looked like um, or their racial and ethnic background. What I think was profound was the levels at which we were seeing it, particularly among Asian American and African American communities. So Black parents, it was concerned for nine out of 10 of them for Asian American communities, it was concerned for seven out of eight, and they really did look at it at the structural level, which is that they had felt that they had been denied opportunities such as advancement in a job or different types of economic opportunities because of their their racial or ethnic background. Were there any other concerns, worries that kind of had that much of universal, that was well, basically everybody checked the box for well, what is what is important about this study is that in many ways, parents and caregivers, no matter their background, whether they are grandparents, biological parents or adoptive parents um, or aunts and uncles that are taking care of children, in many ways see the pathway to success having the, the most common active ingredients, um, whether that's having healthy and safe schools or being able to grow up and live in a neighborhood where there's safe and affordable housing of course, having good jobs and income, so on and so forth. So there was lots of agreement about what it takes. And I think that's just realization that when you are a parent, you wake up often and the first thing on your mind is what is what can I do to do what's best for my child and what can I do to provide opportunity for the children that are in my life? And so, you know, what I would say is that was a universal really way of thinking. Um, and there was intensity and, and hope and even joy around being a parent or a caregiver of a child of many different ages. I think the other thing that came across inten- um, with intensity, though, were the concerns about the experiences that their children would have, for instance, with mental health. So in general, you know, parents were concerned that um, mental health would be a challenge. And while it may have looked different, across different racial and ethnic groups. So for instance, for uh, white parents, they were more concerned about sort of their their children's experience with anxiety um, in academic settings. And for other, other parents, uh, like Asian American parents, it may have been more related to bullying. There was still sort of concern about some of the negative things that they would experience, including things like the mental health um, stressors that would be in children's lives that you know, didn't seem to used to be when we were growing up in quite the same way. Was there discussion of what people would like to see as far as the social safety net and where we can help parents and help kids get over some of these hurdles that have been placed in front or just help them in general to to realize their potential? Was there discussion of what parents, where help would be most needed and most welcome? The thing that I would stress here to start is really looking to the wisdom of parents, because when we talked about solutions, they both, they, they started with, you know, believing that they had the power and agency if they were provided the scaffolding in our society to provide that opportunity for their children. 
Um, and so there were definitely common threads about what could be potential solutions. People fall on hard times, um, much like other survey work and polling that we see parent, the parents and caregivers that we talk to and listen to really said that there needs to be a strong safety net that allows people to, to get back on their feet. So that was one solution that came across and there was broad-based support for the types of family supports that we are seeing pull through in places like the American Rescue Plan. And so there were things like that uh, that felt like there was robust support and that, that parents saw it. And so what I would say is uh, we need to listen to the wisdom of parents about what the solutions are and for the decision makers who hold the power to essentially allocate these resources, really put those investments in, in the types of structural ideas uh, that came through in the American Rescue Plan, but beyond that, that can be made permanent in ways that actually provide a full opportunity for, for parents and caregivers to provide everything that they need for children. You mentioned the American Rescue Plan. We've done a lot of interviews with it, and I think there was so much focus on the top line, the stimulus checks and enhanced unemployment, and obviously very important. But I feel there's a lot of things in here when you kind of dig into it that can really, to your point, kind of go where that can help these families, these parents, these kids that hasn't been talked about as much. Would you agree with that, that there are things in here that could maybe not be game changers to help help us really start turning the corner? There are things that could definitely help to start turning the corner, but I also believe that there's the potential for game changers, especially if we keep our eye on what should be made permanent in order to support families. So in some cases, there are families who are going to receive a net boost in their income by $20,000. And it's a shame because what that means is that they are actually in in jobs and circumstances where in in many ways to to mitigate the effects of the economic downturn and of poverty in general, they need that boost. But that really frees up the mental space for a lot of parents across this country to think about not just paying off the, the debts that have incurred, but having the ability to really think forward um, and think about what are the types of investments that we can make in children um, and their development for their health and well-being. So just to give you a sense of what those are, there's real improvements to the child tax credit, which states can take forward um, and make fully refundable in order to make that um, be of maximum benefit to the parents. There is, of course, the stimulus monies, which are pretty important in terms of the extra boosts for families with ch- children. And, and there are uh, really important uh, supports for the child care, child care providers across this country. Child care centers, but also child care providers have been decimated uh, during this cycle. And they've been never been needed more than now in some ways as, as parents think about sort of safe places where their children can be um, and so there's really incredible investments that are going to prop up um, and support family well-being that hopefully we can take to the next level um, by advancing a good implementation of the American Rescue Plan and ultimately um, making some of these things permanent. I think it is very hard 
in any society, but especially American society, no matter what people say about a benefit, once it's in place, it becomes very difficult to stop it or claw it back and stuff like that. So I know I'm personally encouraged, like with the child, the enhanced child tax credit, that yes, it might only run for a year to the end of the year, but is there a politician that's really going to say, no, I don't, I want to stop giving money to these families in need. And so are you in, are you hopeful that we will see a lot of these things become permanent just because once they're kind of out there, it's hard to unroot them? Well, what I would say is that there's hard and fast data on, on what these things have done, even when they're only partially implemented. And so we already know that by, taking these steps now, we're going to see, we're going to open up opportunity for children and family well-being to be improved and in particular their health outcomes to be improved. And so I think the hope is that every decision maker who has to make, has to sort of think about how we spend our resources as a nation and how we put together budgets, we'll, we'll start with the question what is best for for children and for families and that it will be and that part of the answer will be to actually keep the make sure that these temporary steps that are going to alleviate the the current pain that families are experiencing are made permanent so that we can um, actually uh, invest in a growing economy and a growing a situation where the well the well-being of families is growing as opposed to sort of um, trying to plug up the, you know, the holes, the holes that we're, we're dealing with now. I was genuinely a little surprised that so many people were optimistic, kind of given what feels like overwhelming bad news. Were you? And what does that say that despite all these things, people are still able to kind of see the light? So, you know, what this tells me is that we need to put our trust in parents and caregivers because, you know, they do wake up each day thinking about what's best for their children. And I think that sense of optimism comes from being around people, little people who are fundamentally optimistic and saying like, what can I do to give them the best chance at a, at a great future? And so there's a piece of me that wasn't surprised by this. I mean, I want to be clear. It didn't mean that they, they didn't have stress. I spent a lot of time actually uh, listening to parents when we were in the focus groups, you know, they, the themes around sort of the time that they wanted to be able to spend with their families in order to, to do the child rearing that they wanted to do, or that, or concerns about the safety of their housing. You know, I, I listened to Man in Newark, where there's a really, Newark, New Jersey, where there's a really bad problem with lead, um, actually talk about just wanting to be able to open his mouth or have his child opened his mouth in the shower because that is something that we do when we get up and take a shower. But but their hope was in their their children. Um, and I think Brian Stevenson says this best, and I'm I'm gonna butcher it, but he says, you know, the opposite of, you know, poverty. I mean, poverty is not poverty is not wealth, it's it's hope. And I think that's really a powerful thing to think about, which is for parents who are going through hard times, hope gives you the sense of possibility, the sense of agency and power to believe that you can transform it and hope in your kids and the opportunities that they have ahead of them 
really keeps you clear-eyed about what's most important in life. And so even in the midst of COVID, understanding that that little being um, is our future really inspires those who care for children. That's it for this episode of KYW News Radio In-Depth. You can listen to the podcast free anytime on the Odyssey app, and you can find it wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Matt Leon. We'll have another episode out soon.